like our content? It's funded by viewers like you. Please consider becoming a sustaining supporter of New Church Live today. Good morning, everyone. I'm Pastor Chuck Blair of New Church Live. It's wonderful to have you here, whether you're joining us in person in our studio audience or you're joining us online. Wonderful to have you as part of our congregation today. And we know that a lot of people watch archives, whether you're watching this a year from now or you're watching it today. Again, we just warmly welcome you into this space this space where we talk a lot about what really matters in life, trying to keep first things recognizably first. And today we're, we're looking at a, at a series, and we're looking at a series where we're looking at some of the different losses we might face in our lives. And the idea is that life never quite goes to plot. Now it's interesting, for those of you who are, who are aficionados of New Church Live, you will on occasion see the stage up here change. And that's because we rent space in the Mitchell Performing Arts Center in Bernathan, Pennsylvania, a place used by a local high school and college, and they do different theatrical productions here. So that all changes. And, and one of the last ones that they did, the last play they had in here, was The Play That Goes Wrong. Now, that brought a smile because, of course, with so much of life, so much of life is about the play that goes wrong, about a life that never quite goes exactly to plot. And it's where we are constantly confronted, and maybe the right word isn't confronted all the time, but where we're constantly having to face this idea that it's not what it used to be. A life is not what it used to be. And we're going to take a look at that today. We're going to take a look at that as a big circle. In other words, we have certain things in our life. Yeah, this is not what it used to be. And then we have certain things in our life where, thank goodness, it's not what it used to be. And we're going to talk about both today, and we're going to talk about it within a Christian perspective. It's interesting, right, the, the, way, those, the way those shifts work. I know for my wife and I, we went out and about, and we're, we're taking a look for a, for a new car. And I can remember back in the day, sitting in a new car, and the first thing to test was the stereo system. That was the primary thing. Did it have a good stereo? Now, you know what the primary thing is? Can I get in and out of the car? It's very different, right? Because things are not what they used to be. My concerns are far different. By the way, the Toyota Highlander, easy to get in and out of. But that's life, right? And, and, and it changes. And we, we sit in these places, and then we walk back into our lives in, in different ways. And we get more and more clear that that, yeah, these are just shifts. They're just inevitable. They're just what happens. And how are we going to hold those things? And how are we going to allow those things that we may well miss, and ready for this, folks, that may have served us incredibly well, and to allow them to die a good death as we move on, as we transform, as we transition into our lives, into new phases. So as we often do here at New Church Live, we do a lot of texting here in church. And again, folks, feel free to leave a comment. I just got a comment today from a sermon we did over a year ago. Feel free to leave a comment anytime you're watching this. And that's a, a comment around this question. You know, how do you see this question? What losses have you experienced as you've gotten older? Now, I know, again, like we're, we've got a wide variety of ages. Last week, we looked a lot sort of at the adolescent phase of life, teenager dumb, 
Today we're looking at, at kind of that middle age section. Then we're going to look at, at what it's like, you know, in terms of, of more serious, you know, personal losses next week. But even if you're not in a place, you're like, yeah, I don't feel like I've lost anything. Yeah, I mean, I'm 18, I don't have anything. But, but you know people who are in the midst of that. A grandparent, an aunt, an uncle, maybe even your parents. What are the losses you see? So feel free to type that into me. What losses have you experienced as you've gotten older? And you can text it in to 215-740-3662. Now, as the musicians come out, we get ready for our first song. Just, just, just think for today about ways we can hold this sense of loss and hold it not in a way that feels like it's constantly degrading, but that there are things that, that are going, but folks, there's other stuff being born all the time, all the time. This perpetual creation, this, this growth, this opening, which is why we're here. So friends, welcome. Welcome to New Church Live. It is wonderful to have you here. We're so grateful to have you as part of our congregation today. Enjoy the service. Good morning, everyone. Yesterday, a child came out to wander, caught a dragonfly inside a jar. Fearful when the sky was full of thunder, and tearful at the falling of a star. And the seasons, they go round and round, and the painted ponies go up and down. We're captive on the carousel of time. We can't return, we can only look behind from where we came. And go round and round and round in the circle game. Then the child moved ten times from the seasons Skated over ten clear frozen streams Words like, when you're older, muster pieces And promises of someday make his dreams the seasons they go round and round and the painted ponies go up and down we're captive on the carousel of time we can't return we can only look behind from where we came and go round and round and round in the circle game Sixteen springs and sixteen summers gone now. Cartwheels turn to car wheels through the town. And they tell him. 
Take your time, it won't be long now Till you drag your feet to slow the circle down And the seasons, they go round and round And the painted ponies go up and down We're captive on the carousel of time We can return we can only look behind from where we came and go round and round and round in the circle game. So the years spin by, now the boy is twenty. Though his dreams have lost some grandeur coming true, there'll be new dreams. Maybe better dreams and plenty before the last revolving gear is through. And the seasons, they go round and round, and the painted ponies go up and down. We're captive on the carousel of time. We can return. We can only look behind from where we came and go round and round and round in the circle game. And go round and round and round in the circle game. I can never sing that without crying. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Emily. It's beautiful. What a what a beautiful song, folks. And in, in listening to these to these what people wrote, and uh, I always just I just want to honor, and I feel like I should honor it every week because it's it's just what people share is 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 so heartfelt. And and I think you'll hear in these words from people texting from all across the country. I think you'll hear a lot of your story. A lot of the universality of it, a lot of the things that, that all of us wrestle, wrestle with. Things I've lost, way too many friends to cancer, four dogs, three jobs, some of my hair, lots of money, but I've gained a stronger faith, a better relationship with my family, and always ended up in a better place. Life is hard, God is good. Something that I have painfully learned, when we lose someone, all the should-haves and could-haves get frozen in the past. It's the hardest part for me. My parents, my husband, one of my children have all passed before I saw age 55. And I just wanna say with those kind of losses, which are very real, uh, that's, we're gonna look at that in a little more depth next week. Losses that I got older, confidence my body will work the ability to run and be totally mob mobile. Now I have limitations, it's frustrating. That one brought a little like, oh, you know, last week, right before church, I'm walking up to the lobby and I trip and I fall. <laughs> you know, and I'm just thinking like, I'm 58. I'd like to think I could have starred in the matrix. And, and here, I am, here I am tripping on stairs. Totally get it. My ability through, to move through space gracefully Strength and flexibility, body, mind, and soul. That's a beautiful point. Strength and flexibility in all those three. Flip side, solid trust and love. 
Keep in mind that solid trust. We're going to come back to that. That's sort of going to be a big point of the service today. Some are very, uh, some are very hard, my sweet Eric and Gail. Loss of physical ability, loss of dear friends, loss of perceived choice. We've lost so many loved ones. I've lost thinking I know what's right. It's good. Thinking I'm in control of anything. It just, folks, and these are, these are so good, and thank you for sharing that. Thank you for the people who put them on our other social media platforms. They really do give a, give a sense of, yeah, you know, life is not what it used to be. We have these losses. We, we work our way through them. And here's a list, you know, I put a list together, went online. So this is a typical list. Loss of physical ability and stamina. Again, you'll see a lot of what people wrote in here. Loss of independence, loss of identity, loss of loved ones, loss of hearing, vision, cognition, loss of child at home and possessions, loss of historical social networks, loss of dignity. And I mean, the list could go on. And the question becomes, folks, like how do we, how do we move through this? Like these losses are inevitable. And, and it looks kind of ridiculous, I think, when we're constantly chasing after not losing these things. I mean, these losses are these losses. They are, they are coming. They are part of our life. We don't choose them per se, and there's, there's things we can do to mitigate, which of course is very healthy, but, but there, there's an inevitability here. And so how do we find ways, again, to move through that? And today what I want to do is I want to look at a story, a story about Abraham, who's this ancient, ancient sort of, he's the, considered the father of Judaism, Islam, and Christianity, way back in the Old Testament. That's why all three, as we mention here often, are called Abrahamic faiths, the three Abrahamic faiths. Abraham was, was, this, was this, this, this forefather of these faiths. Thousands of years ago, he was written about. And in, from a Christian New Church perspective, we believe, yeah, there's, a, there's an immense poetic truth to these stories in the Bible. And our job is to take a look underneath it and to see, oh yeah, what do these stories from thousands of years ago have to do with today? And the beautiful part is, friends, like when we look at that poetic truth, you can read something that's 10 years old and it, it, it looks old and dated. But when you look at these, this internal sense, this poetic sense, it's every bit as fresh, you know, thousands of years ago as it is today. Like, oh yeah, there's a story here. And it's a story we share, and it's, it's, it gives us a sense of, of how God holds the whole thing. So the story comes down to a loss, and it comes down to a physical loss of his wife, but we're going to use that as a metaphor for, for when we lose those things that we really treasure and we really love. And this is about the loss of his wife, Sarah. This is from Genesis 23, verses 1 to 4. Genesis 23. Sarah lived to be be 127 years old. She died at Kiriath Arba, that is Hebron, in the land of Canaan. And Abraham went to mourn for Sarah and to weep over her. Then Abraham rose from beside his dead wife and spoke to the Hittites. So he's in a different land when she passes. He said, I'm a foreigner and a stranger among you. Sell me some property for a burial site so I can bury my dead. So what he does is he ends up buying a, buying a burial cave. People were buried in caves often at that time in this foreign land. And it ends up being a family burial plot. And we, we see family throughout the Bible. We see a number of generations going back to be buried there with her in her grave. 
It's interesting, folks, because if we look at this, you know, obviously, you know, we could use this sermon to talk about the loss of loved ones. And, and again, that's coming next week. This, this week, we're going to look at what does this have to do with the loss, not necessarily of someone, but of something. How can we see these losses, which sometimes seem feel so hard? How can we see these losses? How can we hold them in different ways? Because here's a fascinating part from Christian New Church theology. Bury your dead is to be revived. That idea that, that when we have things in our life that, that, that go, when we have these losses that many of you articulated, there's a way in which when we let them go, there's, there can be a revival there. Now, we're going to come back to this next week, so I'm giving you a little foreshadowing for next week. It's not that life is better because of the loss, particularly for those of you who wrote something about someone. And at the same time, while life is not better, it's richer for having had the experience of that person. That's important to hold on to, I think, with all kinds of losses. It's interesting when we, when we look at it, you know, one way to see this, folks, is that it's, it's an end and a beginning, an end and a beginning. I want to talk about this one because this is really important. This is really important. So I'm going to step over here for a minute to talk about this, talk about the neighborly love quote that's up there. It's interesting when you look at the rise and the fall, again, this is me speaking up for a bit like as a theologian, you know, when you look at the rise and the fall of churches over time. And I think we can look at that as rise and fall like churches, like big churches, small churches, and, and even the church that is us, like each of us in a sense is an individual church. And what's, what's interesting, you know, this idea, an end and a beginning, one of the consistent messages from a Christian New Church perspective is that as things shift, what happens is this. When we forget this, neighborly love, the most important thing of all their doctrines, had to do with love, or in other words, life. When we forget that love is the primary thing, when we forget that, that is where churches end. Now, it's interesting because from a Christian New Church perspective, it doesn't say, like, when we forget what is good and true, per se. Like, obviously, that's a bit of a tragedy, too. We have to remember what's true. But the most significant forgetting, as it were, the forgetting that can really be dire, is when we forget that love and loving other people, love of community, stepping into community, serving community, the communal good, when all of that no longer is important, church dies. You know that. I mean, just picture living in a community. Literally, what community do you live in? Richboro? Sock Choppy? I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Clarion? Sarver? Detroit? If you live in a community where nobody loves anybody, that community is in for a world of hurt. It just can't continue. And here's, and here's the amazing part, and this gets a little bit like, I'm going to talk a little bit about trust, come back to trust a little bit. Here's the amazing part too, folks, like the gift. Guess what happens when churches start to revive? Take a wild guess. <laughs> what comes first? Love. When we rediscover 
that idea that, oh yeah, this love of each other, that is what's most important. When we rediscover that, churches start to grow anew. It's easy again, friends, to think like, well, this is just, you know, yeah, that's great. But folks, I, I, you know, this is a total aside. I'm kind of dreading the election season next year. I'm not looking forward to that. Right? And if as community, we don't put love as first, it's going to be a really hard year. And that, that's regardless of what side you're on. That's not saying it's this or it's that, it's right or it's left. I think that's for everybody to remember. For everybody to remember. Isn't it interesting that that, you know, the decline of something becomes this birth of something. And it's, we could even say the rebirth of something. The rediscovery, the the, the, the understanding of the newness of love. And, and that's, that's, that's a great task for us to hold and something for us to look at in our lives in terms of, of looking at, at how we can grow and, and how we can help our societies, how we can help our culture. Because we can put our identity any number of places. It's very tempting to put our identity in the loss of things. Like here's the column of loss and my full identity is into that. And we could also choose to put our, our identity on the other side of things, in the rebirth of all things, and become a pathological optimist. <laughs> the black knight of mining python. It's just a scratch. We're like, everything is just okay. We don't want to look at the bad stuff. And then the bad stuff, everything is awful. We don't even want to look at the good stuff. The fact is, folks, our identity as human beings is that both and. And that's where we find power in life. And it's not power over other people. It's, it's, just, it's just we start to live an empowered life that comes from the inside out. Power is no longer defined out there. It, it comes from a true source. And, and that part of us, that deep source, that, folks, that never changes. That never, never changes. I think that's why, friends, you know, again, you know, Jesus's words, for if you want to save your own life, you will lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, you will find it. Now, there's a whole sermon in that. But that idea that, yeah, if, if, if we're willing to sort of step into loss, and maybe at the same time, step into the curiosity about what's being reborn, I feel like that's a great place to find God again. So loss is occurring. We breathe through the loss. We're not necessarily going to make a lot of sense of it. But we just start to develop this, this core trust, which I'm about to go into, this core trust that, that God's there and something is being reborn. Now, it may be reborn in a, in a different way. We may think the rebirth is going to happen over here. But what happens is it's happening over here. So we need to allow room for that. But there is, it seems to me like there almost always is something that is being reborn. So friends, the question becomes, like here we are at this nexus, at this change. At that point, that nexus where something has fallen and something maybe unseen is being reborn, what do we need to remember? 
And I want to I come at that with two things, two things. And again, we could have a, I mean, probably, frankly, folks, when I look at a question like that, I think probably the congregation could do a better job answering that question than I could. But I'm going to try. So the first, the first thing to think about is that truth will not matter as much as love. Truth will not matter as much as love. It's interesting, when I was doing research you know, for this, one of the things Emmanuel Swedenborg offered is he said that when we're regenerating, we usually have tremendous difficulty seeing truth. Good coming from God influences us, but the influence of truth is not as strong. Folks, when we go through, when we're at that point, that nexus where something is, something we sense that loss, and it may be something being reborn, maybe, but we may not necessarily see it. At that point, folks, for most people, love is what will matter the most. It's always very tempting. And, and I should say this, and at times, totally appropriate, too. But we don't want to overplay it. it. It's very tempting to rush in and think like, oh, here's somebody who's struggling. I'm just going to explain it all to them. How well does that work? <laughs> I, mean, I know for me, when I'm in struggle and someone comes in, it's like, oh, I'm going to explain it all to you. It doesn't really work. There's this, there's this human propensity, right? That if, if I just understood it, if I just, just tell me why, God, just help me to understand why this happened. It doesn't work. I mean, I, working with people with relational issues, a lot of time, like, I just want to know why. Why did this happen? What were they thinking? What could I have done? Rarely does that give an answer that actually satisfies. So the tempting, the, the, the question is, is very tempting and the question is very understandable. And maybe there are times there where the answer, we just don't want to focus on that. What we want to focus on is love because truth is very hard to understand in those really low moments. I'm sure, folks, that for those of you who've had one of those huge threshold moments, and probably every single one of you has, the first thing you thought was not, who can I call who can explain this all to me? But who can I call just so that I can hear their voice? We know that, right? We just, we just want to be near a loved one when we go through these big shifts, these big changes. That's all we want. And there might be a time later on for the explanation, but, but that's not necessarily where we start. The other part, and this gets back to the, 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 the thing that somebody offered about simplicity and trust. So, so two things, two things. What do we need to remember? Number one, truth will not matter as much as love. Number two is this, which is remembering what is the win? What is the win? And I want to talk about the what is the win. I want to move over here, stretch a little bit. And that idea of, of what's the win with, with the spiritual life, with the Christian life, it's, it's important for us to always think, well, what's, what's, yeah, what's, what's this about? What's, what's the big picture here? Many ways we can answer that. One way that we can think of it is this, and this comes, this comes uh, from the book Secrets of Heaven, which I really enjoy. It says it's really about faith implanted in love. That's what we really want to get. That's the win. We want to develop a life where we step forward into a place 
where faith is now implanted in love. That's a significant win. Because notice, folks, how, how, it, how it's a different view of salvation. It's, it's not an evacuation plan from this earth. I mean, I firmly believe that there is a heaven. I firmly believe there is life after that. I firmly believe that. And, and, and maybe a way we get there is, is we really start to think, how can I live it now? Like, how can I de- develop as best I can, humbly, open to God, helping me work this out, of having a faith embedded in love? Now, the word faith can always be retranslated into the word trust. It's this deep trust. This deep, deep, deep trust. I want to come back to the, the text message because somebody said it far better than I did, per usual. Let me see if I can find it here real quick. There we go. That last line, life is hard, God is good. Life is hard, God is good. That's a statement of faith. See, and it just, friends, like, just imagine we had that and we welcome that into our DNA. That I can just trust. We may not understand. We may not be able to make heads or tails of it. But we can simply accept life is hard, God is good. And ready for this? God always wins. Always. Never the bottom of the ninth. God always wins. Now, we may not see that for hundreds of years, but it remains ever true. And just, just think, folks, if we, if we really went out, let's just take a breath for a minute. Take a breath. Faith implanted in love, a trust embedded, implanted, growing in, whatever word you want to use, love. Just think how that shifts the world. How does that interact? How does that change your interaction with somebody who you're really worried about right now? How does that change your view of goodwill? Even today, I was thinking back to the the famous Christmas proclamation. We're not that far out of the Christmas season. But that idea of of like, here are the shepherds, and, and the message to them was peace on earth, goodwill to humanity. I mean, that is faith embedded embedded in love right there. Peace on earth, goodwill to humanity. And it allows us, folks, to carry not sort of an obnoxious optimism in life, but this, but this really deep, 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 deep-seated hope. We become very hopeful people because we have a trust that's embedded in love. And it. It's not like a trust, folks, like, I think when we really get it, right, we're not trying to impose this trust on other people. It doesn't become a racket where we're like, oh, just let me teach you how to trust. It's not that. If you can allow, how does the poem if go? If you can allow men to question and trust their questioning too, you know, it's, it's like we, we allow their, it's not the exact quotes, my apologies, but something like that. You know, we, we allow a questioning to happen, 
But again, we're even, we're even the questioning, even the doubts, even the worries, that's all part of just trusting. That's all part of just having faith that, yeah, that's, that's just part of the journey. I mean, that's a very different view of a win because, because it's no longer a win, folks, that's, that's setting people up as winners and losers, the saved and the damned. There's a few little spiritual pieces that, that probably, probably we need reminded of probably six times a year. And this is one of them. The line between good and evil, light and dark, goes right down here, right down the middle of all of us. Each of you in here is a saint and a sinner. Each of you is beautiful and a complete jerk. <laughs> the line goes down here. The line doesn't go here. It's not between me and you. Because if I consider it that way, I'm always, my ego's always going to put me on the side of the right and you on the side of the wrong. Just, you know, and connect that to the idea of faith embedded in love or trust embedded in love or hope embedded in love. Whatever, you know, use all these different words. It just, it just allows there to be a much different kind of grace, a much different kind of grace. And it's, it's no longer, you know, and, and this is one I want to be super careful with. You know, in theology, there's this concept called Christus Victor, which is, which is a beautiful concept. It's the idea of Christ victorious, Jesus victorious. There's some really good parts to that. I absolutely believe, you know, Jesus conquered death. He conquered evil. He conquered the hells. Absolutely believe that. But I believe he did that. Not me. And I'm not going to slide myself under that light of victorious. I think what Jesus asks of us, I think what God asks of us is just keep ourselves under the light that we're all human. We're all doing the best we can. We are all struggling with loss. And we all, I mean, I think we all know this. Deep in our heart of hearts, we all know, yep, life is hard and God is good. And boy, do we, do we lean into the world so differently when we do that. Working with folks, uh, you know, my elderly, my elderly parents, and just watching all the shifts that are taking place at their age. And, uh, you know, probably a lot of you won't identify with this, those of you who are my age will, is, you know, my parents still don't have a cell phone. So one of the advantages is when you call home, you get both parents, which is kind of fun. And probably for a lot of you, this is true too. You know, the dads of that era, they want to talk on the phone for all of two minutes. The moms of that era want to talk for 60 so, so that's true as well. So I call up my parents and my mom's on the phone and uh, she wants dad to say hi. And I know dad's gonna wanna say hi for about two minutes. He's gonna tell me he loves me, but then he's gonna pass the phone right back to mom. And I hear her going into the, into the bathroom because my dad's there in his boxer shaving. And, I, and, and I, hear, I hear my mom going, honey, you look so cute in your shorts. My dad's 94. 94. 
You know, he probably didn't even have his full teeth in. And here's my mom. God bless her. And she's commenting about how cute dad looks in his shorts. See, folks, that's, that's a faith embedded in love. That's a faith in each other. That's a faith in community. That's a faith in love. That's, that's all those things like embedded in that moment. Death be not proud. Nothing's going to change that. That is what is actually true. Yes, friends, we will go through these losses, these hard experiences. But what God constantly reminds us is that those experiences are not you. We have those experiences. We're in life to have those experiences. I mean, one person said, oh, I just thought, I can't preach on this, but I need to say it because they did. And it was good, but it's a little troubling. He said, yeah, God put us in this life for the problems. That's interesting. But we never are the problem. There's something of the core humanity, the inmost, that is greater than any loss you are currently facing. And I want to say, some of you, no doubt, watching here today, are facing heartbreaking loss. Let's be clear about that. Think about that as we go into this next song. That may be this. That maybe we are indeed exactly Exactly what God had in mind when he created us. That we are exactly who God says we are. Seen my share of Folded away, they used to fly. They've all gone wherever they go. Broken halos, they used to shine. Angels come down from the heavens just to help us. Don't go looking for the reasons 
Don't go asking Jesus why We're not meant to know the answers They belong to the by and by Uh, we wanted to let you know about a new way to communicate with New Church Live. We are trying something this year to better communicate with our congregation. It's something called SMS messaging. So we hear from people all the time that they want to hear about the things that are going on and the community service projects, notifications for Sunday services, etc. So we're trying out something called SMS messaging. And if you want to get on our list of people who will receive these messages, it'll be things like, notifications for going live before Sunday church. It'll be, you know, community service projects that are up and coming, ways of getting involved. Um, so we just want to make it easy for you to know about things that are happening at New Church Live. So if you want to get on that list, you need to text the word START to 215-302-9575 and that will add you automatically to our SMS list. And we're figuring this out, so it's a work in progress, but we're trying to notify you enough that you know what's going on, but keep our notifications not to be too much um, so that you're overwhelmed by them. So we are working on this and getting it up and running. So again, if you wanna subscribe to that, you text the word START to 215-302-9575. And we hope that this is a great way to communicate with uh, you, our congregation. The last thing is, if you want to make a donation to New Church Live, it's the same way that it always is. If you want to text the word New Church Live, all one word, all lowercase to 77977, you can make a donation with your phone. You can go to our website and click the donate tab. Um, and we hope that you will continue to support this congregation. We are so grateful for everyone who chooses to support us. So thank you all and have a great Sunday. Thank you, Ange. So I love that song, you know, Emily sang so beautifully. It's, it's just beautiful. You know, that idea of, of broken halos. And, and, you know, are there any other kinds? You know, I, I, I don't think so. I think we all have these broken halos. I mean, it's a bad pastor joke, but it was here this years ago. Why can angels fly? And it's because they take themselves lightly. And I think that's true. There's a way when, when we just kind of get that loss is a part of life, but that there's always this rebirth thing happening at the same time. And again, 
It may be off on far on to stage right or far on to stage left. We can't necessarily see it or see the connection. But we have a faith born of love that holds that that is true. Because that gets us down to the core goodness of life. And I don't know if there's a better antidote to despair than that. Does it that life, life is good, hard, and it's good because God is good. Not what it used to be, the title of this sermon. It was interesting reading an article, an author, probably some of you have read him. He's pretty, pretty well known these days. He's out of Harvard, uh, a Christian guy who talks about like the art of happiness. His name is Arthur Brooks. And, and he, he had this article I was reading. It was really interesting. He said, yeah, you know, how happy do you think you'll be, uh, you know, 20 years down the road? What, what do you think that will, will look like? And he, then he goes on and say, well, how do you think you'll feel, you know, 20 years down the road? And it, it's a good question because he said, most people who he talks to, you ask them how they're going to feel in 20 years, they're going to be like, oh, well, this back pain. Oh, by then, by then, probably two knee replacements. And, and, you know, I'll probably forget my car keys five times a day instead of only three times a day. And, and you know, all this, this dire stuff. And in his article, he, he wrote it really well. What, he writes this article and then essentially he does this. Time out. Statistically, statistically, you're probably going to feel better. Statistically, you're probably going to feel better. Now, I'm not talking that you're going to be like a 98, those, you know, YouTube video with a 100-year-old grandma hopping out of an airplane. I'm talking here. You are probably going to feel better you're probably going to feel better. And we heard some of that, folks. You know, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's interesting. Like, things do die, and we do, we do bury those things, and we want to bury them well, not bury them like to forget about them, but bury's way of honoring the role that they played in our lives, these, these things that were so precious to us. But that idea, folks, that we're, we're always transitioning, we're always, we're always in these shifts. Here's Here's one from Arthur Brooks that he said that I think is really spot on. He said, a, 2000, a 2013 review of research reveals that older people tend to develop at least three distinct emotional skills. Now, it's a tendency. Not all of us do all these things all the time, that's for sure. They react less to negative situations. They are better at ignoring irrelevant negative stimuli than they were when they were younger. They remember more positive than negative information. This is almost like a superpower many older people have, that they know negative emotions won't last, so they get a head start on feeling good by consciously disregarding bad feelings as they arise. Not what it used to be. I was lecturing at a, at a you know, very small lecture at a local seminary, and, and we were talking, about, talking to them about this service, actually. And you know, there's, there's an older professor there, and there's the, the young theologians there, and we're, we're chatting. And, and the, the older professor you know, is saying, well, yeah, how is life not like it used to be in a good way? Which is a great conversation to have, folks, by the way. And he just, he just had a great expression. He just took a big breath. He said, yeah, I just, I don't care as much about what people think of me anymore. See, 
that's again a place where life is not what it used to be. Thank goodness. <laughs> Thank goodness. And that's where I think, again, folks, life, life starts to switch and to change and to, and to look very differently in different ways. And, and when we start to get to that place, I'm trying to hop to a quote here that I really like, wisdom teaches us that this clearing away, this clearing away, can allow for new growth and priorities to emerge. Letting go of transient things makes room for nurturing eternal things, love, service, gratitude, and spiritual depth. Rather than just losses, they can become gains. I think, again, we see faith implanted in love in a statement like that. So folks, these transitions, I mean, in a way, we talk about that we're angels in training. Transitions are just part of life. You know, it's not like we do it one time. It's a one-time transition. These are transitions that happen over and over again. I love this, this idea, you know, about transitions. Human life from infancy to old age is nothing but advancement. And you could use the word transition from the world to heaven. And the final part, which is death, is the actual transition. You know, that idea, our whole life is this transition. Our whole life is this art of homecoming. This whole, our whole life, every transition is going towards heaven. And the force that does that, that's divine providence. We can live in that place. We can make a choice to be there. I think there's a way that the world's just so much better if more people really lived from that kind of deep, humble, but at the same time, inspiring space. Because it's a space that doesn't wring its hands, and this feels really important on Martin Luther King Day weekend. It's a space that doesn't wring its hands. It's a space that rolls up its sleeves. That's a good space. That's the space where God wants us to be. So let's live that. Let's see what that looks like. Try that out this week. See how that works for you. And friends, I, I want to offer something here. You know, part of, part of the, the joy and the frustration of, of church in this day and age is, is trying to, again, as Angela was mentioning, trying to find new ways to serve people in a world that has changed so dramatically into an online format, people all over, very different. And it really does matter when we can gather together in fellowship and connect and share these ideas. I mean, you folks saw that, like the richness that those people said in their comments. And, and again, you can look on social media, see some more. It's far greater than anything I have to offer, that's for sure. You know, if you are interested in more of that kind of conversation. Again, people are busy, I, I get that. But if, if, that, if you wanna sort of further this whole conversation, I do wanna warmly invite you to this. Moving through seasons of loss, a small group on Zoom, three Thursdays beginning January 25th. Again, it's just an opportunity for us to, to have a conversation to connect. And I realize somebody's gonna be watching this January 25th, 20, like 27. <laughs> we'll always have these kind of groups going on. And I just want to invite you to that because I think this is a really important conversation. 
It really matters when we can articulate loss and at the same time where we can articulate what might be growing as well and hear each other, hold each other. A little community formed on Zoom. If that interests you, please go to our homepage, the events tab. You can sign up there and I'll send you the Zoom link. So friends, thank you for joining me here today. Thank you for joining us here today. This is a wonderful congregation. We're so glad you're part of it. Please join us next week as we, as we shift a little more from what's it like to lose something to what's it like to lose someone and how do we sort of see the continuity through it all and find beauty and joy there. So with that, friends, we're gonna close today's service. The way we're gonna close it is with a little prayer, a little blessing, a little, little meditation and then we'll have our final song. So please join me. Lord, thank you for your presence here today. Thank you for your breath that moves through this congregation, that moves through this world. Breath, spirit, wind, God, all the same word. Help us, Lord, to allow that movement through our lives, a movement that is really able more and more to just trust. Just settle into trust. It's not a striving or a reaching for trust. It's a settling into what our souls know at a very deep level. Life is hard. And you, God, are good. So, of course, life in itself becomes good as well. Thank you for being with us. Be with us in the week ahead. Help us to live these messages in ways that bring peace in ways that bring joy, in ways that bring hope, in ways that bring love. In other words, in ways that bring heaven to earth. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you, bring you peace, and bring you home. Amen. Have a great week, friends. Go back to those simple days.
Thank you. Have a great week.